Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP time! Windy City Assassin does it again! We're back a few days after the trade deadline. We're reacting to our tourist Karnaschobis' press conference after the Bulls once again did absolutely nothing at the deadline. And the word of the day is competitive. We're going to look into a few definitions, I think, of what that could mean in the eyes of the Bulls front office on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench Shop member and Tennessee ball, C.J. Watson. C.J., I hope things are quieted down. Out by you right now with Super Bowl come and gone, but that must have been a must have been a fun weekend to kind of help forget what the Bulls didn't do last week. Yeah, it was it was a crazy week, you know. Traffic, celebrities everywhere, uh, just a lot of fun. Great game, great halftime show. So glad it's over and people can go back to their hometown cities. <laughs> I'll spare you the questions of if you saw Taylor. So I will. <laughs> I will spare. I will spare you all that because I know I've, I know everybody when they talk about the Chiefs. Oh, did you see Taylor? Like. And they showed her on the broadcast. I think we, we were counting at the bar. Out there. I think it was nine times on the broadcast. Okay. <laughs> so they got plenty of that. It was a good game, though. And uh, ready to dive into full basketball conversation. Uh, but first, before we do anything else, I'll tell you about our sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends, and news, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs or play-in tournament in this case. With in-game live betting contests and all the best player props, experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code BELIEF to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Get that 50% bonus at BetOnline. That's where the game starts. Also, we have an official T-shirt of our show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at shop.believe.com. There's a lot of great stuff there to support the shows on the network. The official shirt for our program, though, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, shop.believe.com. The link's in my social media bios. Welcome, boys and girls. Today's word of the day is competitive. The Bulls are trying to stay competitive. If you use that in a sentence, that's what our tourist Carmen Chauvin said when he met with the media after we were done recording on Thursday, reacting to the trade deadline. Uh, I don't know what this means. So he says they want to be competitive because they are right in the thick of the playing field. So I guess just a reaction to competitive Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can agree with him maybe coming from like a business business standpoint uh, where, where he's trying to, you know, put his mindset. Uh, obviously, he knows they're not a championship caliber type team, but on paper, they have a great, a good team. Uh, even Vooch, you know, kind of vouched for that and said they have enough in that locker room to win, uh, which sometimes I believe and sometimes I don't. But I guess they're still competitive. They're not, the I guess, the laughing stop of the league. They're not just, you know, when people see the Bulls, they're going to say, hey, this is an automatic win. Uh you play the Bulls, you still got to come play. They can still beat you and still beat you in a multitude of ways. So I definitely think they're still competitive. But, you know, I guess as a fan or, you know, as a, someone just watching the game, you just want them to be, uh, I guess, you know, working a little harder and then uh, maybe, uh, you know, just, uh, just more effort, I guess, sometimes. I don't know. 
competitive in the play-in field, I guess. Like that must be right. a thing. Is that so? Is that the impact? Is that what the NBA wanted when they introduced the play-in tournament? Is we're competitive and we are currently, as I check the standings, I want to say they're the nine seed. Is that what you consider competitive? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's still competitive in a, in, in a business standpoint. You're still, you know, uh, I don't know if profitable, but you're still making money and the fans are still coming out. But like I said, I think, you know, people, when they say, when they hear the Bulls, they think of a big market. Uh, they think of Jordan, they think of championships. So they always think of, you know, uh, them always competing for, for a championship. This team's not competing for a championship, though. If that's if that's really are they are they really trying to go off of what the Heat did last year? Like, I don't know. Is that Maybe really how we're operating? Is that, <laughs> so light, you're, you're going to operate off lightning in a bottle. Like, right. I, I just, you're a game up on Atlanta. Atlanta is gaining ground. The play-in is not a foregone conclusion like it was two weeks ago. Like, right. You're, there's a world where you miss the play-in entirely, and at the, and at that point, the jokes about being competitive and continuity are only going to get louder. It's going to get really loud. And right. I, I, they lost to the Magic a couple days after the deadline, which it was an overtime loss. It was competitive. Right. That, <laughs> they're a punchline. It is a punchline now. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you're looking for, competitive, like I said, I think that's, uh, you know, they're always going to be competitive. Um, but uh, I definitely think, like I said, uh, I think for him, um, I'm just looking at it from a business standpoint and, and seeing, uh, I guess he can't really backtrack his words or go any worse because. Uh, this is a team he put together. So, I mean, he has to really just roll with the punches and, you know, see what comes from it. Well, and he had the opportunity if he wanted to. He yeah. could have gone into a rebuild. Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago reported ownership was ready to say, you can rebuild. If you want to rebuild, yeah. if you want to go that route, you have our blessing. He didn't want to do that. So right. now you're talking about, it, it feels like, so I've been, finally, it's taken me way too long to get into it. I'm watching Ted Lasso for the first time and i'm through season one i'm i'm getting there i i didn't have yeah. apple tv plus before so i'm finally yeah. watching ted lasso and he gets it's when he's opening press conference says, well you know success ain't about wins and losses that's what this feels like you're you're talking about being yeah. competitive you have demar Derozan and nikola vucevic who are aging stars on this team yeah. you're not you're not a young team like the pistons per se i'm just throwing out a team like right. you're not a team you're not trying to build chemistry with your young players you should not – wins and losses are important here. And the fact that he didn't go into a rebuild and wanted to stay competitive, at, I got red flags everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of shocking that he even said that. But I think definitely, you know, seeing the landscape of this team, like you said, having aging superstars on this team and knowing that the bulk of your uh, better players are, are younger, you definitely want to try to go into a rebuild and, you know, kind of just start over. But I'm, I'm – I guess I'm just sitting from a GM's perspective and saying like, Hey, I don't want to really want to go through a, a rebuild, which I can probably see, but you know, uh, every, every year you're not going to be competitive or a championship caliber team. So you got to kind of rebuild or retool and uh, just kind of find ways to continue to get better, which, you know, they really haven't really done it all. No. And I remember when Lonzo went down, they needed a point guard. They didn't go get a point guard, like it's right. stuff like that. It's adapting. You have a plan. They follow the plan. They put a plan in place. They're going to be, and I'm, I, I've made the jokes about competitive, but when he came in, they're going to be competitive in the East. They were the number one seed in the East when Lonzo Ball got hurt. And since then, it just hasn't been managed well right. to, adapt, to adjust to him going down. And it feels like they set a plan, they're sticking to the plan, and they're not changing the lane very much because their actions over the last few years would be at full strength, a top five team in the East. That's right. not what it is. So the actions aren't lining up with how the team actually is. 
Yeah, I definitely think if they're competitive, they'd definitely be in that top five or six, and that's not where they're at. And uh, over time, you definitely – every year, I feel like you want to continue to add to your team to get better. And like I said, they haven't done that the last few years. They've, you know, added a few pieces, but nothing that's going to really uh, make you that much better or get you back to that top three or four where you have a chance to, you know, win the East or, you know, get to the finals. And even in a loaded East, you saw the Knicks make moves. We declared the Knicks one of, the, one of if not the biggest winner yeah. of the trade deadline last week. They're the number four seed in a conference that has Boston and Milwaukee, which, by the way, Milwaukee is slipping a little bit since the coaching change. Um, yeah. That's fun to think about. But you've got Boston, <laughs> Milwaukee. You've got Cleveland, who has been on an absolute heater. And New York said, you know what? We're going to try and keep up with these guys. We're going to go make some big moves. Yeah. You've got a team in the top four doing that. I don't understand yeah. the idea of sitting back. Like, is it there? There's a few factors, maybe, but I just, I'm still four days later trying to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you'll definitely be, you know, going crazy, driving yourself crazy if you're going to try and figure out uh, what he's RDM. trying to do. <laughs> but, you know, you just got to take, you know, uh, you know, lessons from other teams in the league, and everyone's trying to get better no matter how good they think they are. Everyone's trying to add a little piece to to be able to win a championship, and that's what you have to do, especially to stay on top in, in the NBA and in any league. You always want to continue to get better and better. CJ, I cover college football full-time. Crazy <laughs> happened to that left a long time ago with this. Right. Like, I'm, I'm already I'm way down that road. Like right. it, it's it's what I do at this point. But right. I will say, as hard as hard of a time as I give the front office, and I think it's deservedly so, I will see the other side. I'm gonna try to see the other side of it. Yeah. We have talked at length about this draft class. And I think that's a big part of the discussion we can dive a little deeper into here. It's not a great draft in terms of is there a franchise player in this class? Is there someone that if you're, let's say the Bulls get the number three pick, not even right. top two, let's say number three, is there a guy, a college G League Ignite, overtime elite, whatever, you can point to that guy and say, I want to build my team around him. Right. I don't think there is. It's going to be some good role players. But yeah. This is going to be a, they're going to be guys that can contribute, but yeah. you don't have a guy. You're obviously, don't use Wembenyama as the example. Let's use like there's no a healthy Lamella Ball. There's no Anthony Edwards. Right. In this class, maybe that played a role. Yeah. Maybe. I definitely, I definitely think that played a big role into it, especially since uh, we've always been talking about them trying to get into this year's draft with no picks again. Uh, so like you well, said, they got a definitely... first this year. They do. Have, they they okay. do have a first this time around. Thank goodness. Okay. Yeah, but still, like they don't have someone who's gonna like you said is gonna change the landscape of your franchise you know, in the next three or four years. And uh, I definitely think this draft isn't, isn't weak, but, you know, there's no franchise or generational talents like a, a Victor or a LeBron or a Carmelo, maybe something like that, that can really change your trajectory of a franchise. Because we've talked about guys like, a, I, I'm still high on Ron Holland at the Ignite. His game, still it still feels like it needs a little work. He's been slipping a little bit. Isaiah yeah. Collier out at USC. Now that once he gets healthy, because he got yeah. hurt, he's another name that I'm watching. I... I'm looking at what Tankathon has, and this is just kind of their player rankings with where the, the simulations are. I uh, would have them taking Rob Dillingham out of Kentucky. Love that kid. Yeah. But the names I mentioned, I'm not making them the focal point of a rebuild. They're going to come in. Right. They're going to be really good players. I think all, all the guys I mentioned, even like a Kyle Filipowski, the big guy out of Duke, got to clamp down the defensive end. But you, you've got guys that can come in and be right. really good. But you don't have anyone that's going to take you over the hump if you were to trade Caruso, per se. Right. And you get another pick. You got two picks in a draft that people look at and they go, eh, right. I mean, this is the best way to describe this draft right now. Yeah, I think so too. And a lot of those players are, like you said, are going to come in and be be role players, come in to learn from the the rookies now or the second year players and just kind of find their role, find their 
way into the NBA roster and uh, just learn about the the league and all that it entails. So I definitely think this draft is going to, you know, going to be uh, situational players, I feel like. And this conversation is going to pick up over the next month because we are coming up on March Madness. I cannot wait. March Madness. It's going to be a fun year yeah. for March Madness because there's no team is safe in right. college basketball this year. I mean, it, the, the parity is amazing. And I, I think you're going to see the conversation about this draft class. You're going to hear, you're going to see some names rise. You always do during March Madness. You see some names you maybe heard about a couple times. They're going to become household names in March because they're either going to hit some big shots, have some big games. Maybe the conversation shifts, but at this point right now, if this was, that's why a year ago I was so adamant about getting more picks because last year's class, I was really high on last year's class. Yeah. Like it, it, it goes back to my point. It feels like they were a year behind what they should yeah. be doing. Yeah, I think definitely think they're a year behind and definitely, you know, kind of, I think they're just waiting to see what other people do. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just a thing with being too passive then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not just definitely not taking advantage of the moment, I think. And uh, you know, um just just being too passive, like you said, and trying to to wait to see what others do. You just gotta make a move and you know hope it works. Like I'm looking back at last year's draft class. Obviously, Wemby's the focus. Like that's no brainer. Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, any other year, those guys are number one picks. Like yeah. they, they went two and three. That tells you mm-hmm. that I love the Thompson twins, I was a big fan of. Uh, there's another one. Derek Lively has been really good for the Thunder. Jaime Hawkes, that okay, Jaime Hawkes fit in really well with the Heat. That's just a match made in heaven. Like yeah. you can't, there's not much you can do when that happens. But there were some dudes in here. Jet Howard's a lethal shooter. I, I was he was one of my names I pointed out last year during March because yeah. obviously Michigan was in the NIT, which let's see if they can, you know, get there this year, even. <laughs> but it's a it was a decent draft class filled with guys with high potential. This year, yeah. I, I see I see potential. I just don't know if it's that high. So maybe this was the year to right. sit out. But with the way your contract situation set up, you couldn't afford to. And now you might have just set yourself back another few years. So I, I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in. But yeah. maybe that's part of the reason. Yeah, definitely a tough tough spot to be in because, like you said, uh, they they're just uh, you know kind of questionable on their decision making. That I'm sure, like the last couple of years, we can go back and and pinpoint to some decisions that we thought that they should have made, they didn't make, you know, and some they did make, they didn't, we should, don't think they should have made, but, you know, I think that's just the nature of the business. And uh, I said, they just kind of, kind of fix the, fix all this stuff wrong and uh, make some better decisions on the, on players they sign and, and uh, players that they don't, they don't trade for. <laughs> and players they draft. Like right. you know, I, the, the Patrick Williams decision at four is not, it's looking worse and worse by the day. And I was re- I was really hoping he'd take a leap this year. We were both yeah. saying that beginning of the year and he's in a boot, just can't stay yeah. healthy. Like that one's going to be one that kind of comes back. But the other point with this draft, the counterpoint to, Oh, if this is a weak draft, you don't need to make a move. If you trust your development staff, mm-hmm. you make a move, you develop guys. Cause this, these are not guys that are going to come in. I, the reason I use Anthony Edwards, he came in right away. He's a star. Right. And he, even a guy like Trey young, when he came in, he was raw. You saw what he could do at OU boomer soon. Yeah. Like you saw what he did. He needed to develop in the NBA. He's transitioned very well. Yeah. This year's draft, it's a lot on development. So it's a matter yeah. of do you not trust your development team then? If you go get right. if if someone was offering you a first round pick this year for Caruso, you're not trusting your development team to go develop that guy then. Is that am right. I am I reading too much into that? Am I maybe uh, trying that to makes a lot of sense? That makes a lot of sense. And a lot of these guys probably in the draft are are one and done type guys, G League night guys, overtime yeah. guys. So they're definitely going to take some time to develop. They're not going to come in and be 
Uh, I think, you know, key role players or a role player uh, like a Trey Young or Anthony Edwards. So it's definitely going to take time to develop those guys and get them acclimated into NBA system, the NBA game. So I definitely think uh, you've you got to have a good development team to really, you know, uh, string these guys along and teach them the way. I'm looking at Tankathon's rankings here. As you mentioned, like one and done guys and G League Ignite guys. Two players in their top 15. Kyle Filipowski out of Duke, Donovan Klingon out of UConn are sophomores. The rest are either freshmen, international, or G League. Right. Like that's that's what yeah. you're looking at here. So it's like there's a lot on development. And yeah. I your guy Dalton Connects coming in here in that first round in the in that first round of those rankings, by the way, at number 19. Not bad for a guy no one had heard of. Yeah, he's gonna oh, be a four sleeper. Or five months ago. He's gonna be a sleeper because he's uh he's six six already, can shoot it, can handle it. Uh defense obviously needs to be a little better, but uh he he definitely can help a team right away, I feel like. Yeah, and that has the Hawks. It's the uh is this that's outside the lottery, so that's where the Hawks would be right now. They got that pick coming from Sacramento, so had to make a trade to get into that range if you're the Bulls. But again, the Bulls are squarely in the lottery right now. That pick is not going anywhere. There's no protections like there was last year. So if you draft someone, there's got to be a lot of development in place. But uh, there's one thing AK said, and I very, very much disagree on. He was talking about there was no opportunity to improve this roster at the deadline. No, no trade offers that would keep that would improve the Bulls right now. Fine. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Right. This quote stood out. This is from SamSmithTheBulls.com. I think the deadline, usually those moves don't make you better, right? Last year, we were 14-9 and nine after the trade deadline, and that was one of the best records, right? How do you improve at the trade deadline? It's very hard to do. The actions that were on the table were taking a step backward. Obviously, we had we had no intentions to do so. Huh? <laughs> those moves don't make you better at the trade deadline? So did they, make, they didn't make any moves last trade deadline, right? They had made no. a move in three deadlines. Right, so I guess I don't know if he's saying like it in general or just for his sake from the Bulls. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but the trade deadline does make you better. I don't care what he says. <laughs> Look, it's not <laughs> draft picks. Yeah, go get draft picks. They'll make you better down the road. You have a long-term plan. <laughs> Obviously, if you trade a guy like Alex Caruso right now, you're not going to get better. You're not. You're going to take a step down. Yeah. This time around, like you're, if you trade a guy like DeMar DeRozan, you're going to give up some wins. Right. But if you get the draft capital back, you can make up for that and have yeah. it cheaper. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, so I, much. I do too. yeah, yeah, definitely. The trade line, trade deadline obviously makes you better. We can see, you know, aka the Knicks, you know, got better because of the trade deadline. So and they're trying to they have aspirations of going deep into the playoffs and getting to the finals and winning it. So I definitely believe it makes you better. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure. Uh, how he was pertaining to that quote, if it was like just in his uh, uh, situation or other situations, but I definitely know that trade deadline makes you better <laughs> for and sure. One, one thing the Knicks did that we didn't talk about last week, they didn't give up a first round pick. Yeah. They still had their first round pick. Yeah. That's they did how you do it. Yeah. Like, that was just a, an absolute masterclass by the Knicks, which something you didn't think you'd say. <laughs> 10 years ago but the, right. i mean this i am absolutely i am i'm gonna stand on top of the empire state building and shout that the yeah. knicks won the deadline i think they did a great job and that yeah. is the example of if you do it if you do it right you can get better at the deadline right away if you want to oh, yeah. obviously we don't know what the talks were behind the scenes and they clearly ak and mark yeah. eversley clearly overvalue guys like that is yeah, just yeah. it's not a, i don't think that's a stretch to say even from the outside looking in but yeah. to say at the deadline Usually those moves don't make you better. 
it just sent a, it sent a chill down my spine and I right. even sleeping on it. I'm just, I cannot believe that was the attitude. Yeah. Maybe just the situation that they were presented, you know, during the trade deadline, Gotta uh, be. would it, would it have made them better supposedly even, even in a rebuild, I guess. But like I said, uh, but yeah, that quote is kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just goes over my head because that's just unbelievable for someone to say that, especially a, a NBA GM, you know, because uh, that that is not true at all. I I couldn't yeah. believe it when he said it, and I I yeah. guess that's just where the front office is at right, right now. I guess they're happy in the buyout market, which there's a name that's come up that we I I think could be good. I think it'll yeah. work. Uh, Joe Harris has come up in connection to the Bulls. Bulls are expected to have interest according to multiple reports. I mean, he provides instant impact shooting. I mean, he will come in. He's going to yeah. shoot the cover off the ball. Yeah. But the question becomes, does a guy like that move the needle? Because a buyout candidate is just going to be there through the end of the year. So yeah. they can go, you know, 15 and eight after the trade deadline this time around, yeah. if that's their goal. But it's going to be more competitive, you know, I guess for the rest of the season. And the continuity. You, yes. Yeah. yeah, That's what you want. You want to be competitive. You, you definitely got to add a shooter like that. Cause like you say, he's going to, he's going to shoot lights out. He's going to help this team, which uh, is a team that needs help on the three point line. And uh, it's gonna, you know, make everything easier for a lot of more people on the team. Yeah, jokes aside about competitiveness and continuity, I, I think Joe Harris would fit in like a glove. And I don't know if he'd start necessarily. He might, maybe you throw him into Zach's role in the starting lineup. And once Tory Craig's back healthy, have him come off the bench, right? Maybe. But again, that's got it's got to happen first. But either way, like the last last year, there was the rumors because it came up on my Facebook memories about Russell Westbrook. And mm-hmm. remember how we wanted nothing to do with that because there was no yeah. fit. Even Patrick Beverly had my concerns about that fit right joe harris would fit in better than those guys i feel like it would be an it would be a great transition and he you want to talk about winning more games i think he can help you win at least a few more games right yeah oh yeah for sure yeah he's gonna help this team tremendously um like i said they definitely need three-point shooting uh kobe white has been carrying the load uh, especially with zach out he can definitely come out there and, and uh and take some pressure off damar off vooch and all the other guys too, whether he starts or comes off the bench and the bench needs some more added scoring. So I definitely would like him to come off the bench too. Well, it takes some of the load off Kobe too, because he's been kind of up and down Yeah. about just lately. He's been kind of up and down with the shooting. He's either really hot or sometimes he's really cold. And yeah. if you have a guy like Joe Harris come in, he can help alleviate some of that. And he's a veteran presence. You do have young guys on this team, which is yeah. why we were saying you trade some of the experienced guys, have the young guys there to kind of learn it on their own. Have yeah. Joe Harris come in there and help. He can. He would be great to work yeah. alongside a guy like Kobe White the rest of the year and help him take that next step. Oh yeah, for sure. Kobe's been playing great this year. He's been basically carrying the team on his back, and uh, he's still getting adjusted to his role. You know, trying to be a, a caliber, high caliber player, high volume player. So I definitely think it's an adjustment period. You know, you don't just kind of walk into that role. <laughs> uh, you definitely got to be adjusted for it, and you know, it's got to be in shape for it too. So I definitely think that you know it's a learning process for him also. Yeah, 100%. And that's a name I'm watching close. If they do anything, they got to remember they're 1.7 million or something below the tax, which they're not going, the Bulls are not going into the tax. So you go into the buyout market. And if you get a guy like that for cheap, he wins you a few games. You get in the play in tournament. If you can make a run at this thing, then yeah. it'll prove me wrong. And I can, I'll have to shut up because if you, if you make a run like the Heat did last year, if you're banking on that, if you're yeah. banking on what the Heat did last year is your path this year and it happens, I, I got to give credit. Right. It's the old it's the old adage. If you win a if you win a ring, all your moves are good. It got you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, no one's gonna critique you after that. And I just keep always going back to the Vooch saying, you know, they have enough to win. So, you know, if a, if a player in that locker room believes it, then I can only, you know, uh believe it in, in uh, until they show me different. 
another Ted Lasso reference. You got to believe. <laughs> like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be. After watching one season of that, I've got the rest of it to go. It's two more seasons. Yeah, I'm gonna reference in that a lot on here. Oh yeah, you got like, to. That's it, a great show, man. I love that show. <laughs> I cannot believe it took me so. I'm so mad. It took me so long to get into it, but I didn't have. I got an Apple TV. Yeah. I didn't have Apple TV Plus until I got it. So I'm like, finally, I'm like, I can watch it. And now I'm like, okay, I'll be quoting it left and right. And some of the quotes I use the most, I can't say on here without hitting the little explicit <laughs> language button. But yeah, you, I mean, if you got to believe, you believe. And it, yeah. if, if it works out, the example I always use when you talk about making bad trades and it paying off, the Cubs in 2016, this right here, by the way, it's over my shoulder, they uh-huh. traded their top prospect for a role as Chapman. No, in no universe are you doing that for six for three months of a world of Chapman. But guess what? They want a World Series. It's a good, yeah. it's a good move. They yeah. could, the Bulls could have traded Zach Levine for a bag of peanuts. But guess what? If they won a championship, it's a good move. Oh yeah, that's just who how cares? I that's how I see it. Yeah, who cares at the end of the day? Uh, you know, we're all going to critique uh, the GM and the and the president. So, uh, like I said, if we can, if they can prove us wrong, then we just got to shut up and, and go with it. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine being wrong if it means they make a run in the playoffs by staying put. Yeah. Like if it means continuity and competitiveness pays off, I'm not confident that's going to happen because they're still under 500. They cannot right. get over 500. But you know, baby, I would say baby steps. But uh, the All Star Game is next week, so yeah. the days for baby steps might be over. Yeah. Um, but we got some long term questions now that we know how the roster is going to be in the short term. Got some long term things that we're going to start kind of here and there. Obviously, it's February 12th. We're recording this. You got a couple months yet. In the regular season, the final game, by the way, if you're curious about when the, I would say when this is over, uh, because they're, you know, staying true to being competitive and everything like that. Uh, the season will end once my Wi-Fi works here. That's when we're going to start talking more about the decisions that are coming up. And I think it's April 7th is the final game. April 14th is the last game of the year. So we got a couple months yet before we really have to like dive into imminent decisions here. But right. the DeMar DeRozan extension talks have to start yesterday. Yeah, like, yeah. It sounds like the expectation is that's going to end up happening. Both sides want it. You heard the quote, the quote he used last week still cracks me up about how it being like a marriage and everything. <laughs> but in the big picture, if you extend DeMar and I'm not put, I'm not worrying about the money side of it right now. Just the fact that DeMar is going to be in that room. What does that mean in the big picture? I just think it means, you know, you at least got a, uh, obviously an aging superstar, but you got it for maybe, you know, another two to three years, probably. I think three uh, years max. Yeah, yeah. So I said three years. Yeah. And then, you know, Vooch is also aging also. And then you got some of your younger players who are, you know, still continuing to get better. Hopefully they can keep learning from DeMar and Vooch and, and, and still grow into a bigger role. Uh, guys like Patrick Williams, Kobe White. And uh, it just shows, you know, you, you have them locked up for another two or three years, and that's kind of your span uh, until you maybe try to rebuild or add some pieces to replace them. Yeah, I think three years would be as many as I'd go because he'd be up, he'd be yeah. 38 by the end of that deal. If, and that's, again, that's assuming there's no retirement in there because when it's one of those things, too. Like, when you when you know it's time, it's time. And DeMar's yeah. going to be that type to go out on his own terms. Right. Like that, that's understandable, given everything yeah. he's done. But I, I like the idea of keeping him in the room. I just, and I'm, again, I don't want to get too into like the nitty gritty. Oh, what would you pay him now? Just don't overpay. Yeah, yeah. Like, and with the cap situation, I don't know if they can overpay. Right. But you, you get you get my point with it. Like, be smart about it. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want to put your yourself in a bind, you know, coming. Again, uh, don't do it again because he did it with Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to learn. You got to learn from your past mistakes. And obviously, uh, I, don't, I don't think DeMar has even been an all-star the last couple of years, maybe. So I don't know if he's. Uh, I think he was last year. Was he last year? Yeah. I think he was last year. Yeah. So I, don't I know, know he was he the year before because it was him and Zach both that first year. 
Right, yeah. So I don't know if he has like a certain mark that he has to hit or whatever. So definitely don't want to, like I said, just put yourself in the bind. You want to still be competitive and, uh, you know, say uh, say have enough salary cap to be able to sign a, another player if you have to trade Zach. So If, if you can trade Zach. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the other part of it. We're not going to get into that part now just because, again, Zach's hurt. There's nothing we can – Nothing yeah. we can say except what if when he if and when he comes back healthy. Like we're, it, it, I got to focus on Demar, and then the next question from there. Speaking of free agency, you got a decision on Patrick Williams coming up, and he's a restricted yeah. free agent because he didn't pick up his option. The injuries have been mounting again, uh, as we've learned through continuity and competitiveness. Our tourist does not like to admit mistakes, <laughs> so I don't know what happens with Patrick yeah. Williams. I think that's a bigger conversation that might get overlooked a little bit. I think so too, especially he hasn't developed the way you wanted him to, to develop. So I definitely think it's going to be, you know, something to really keep an eye on. Uh, maybe depends on what, what he wants, what the team wants to give him, uh, stuff like that. So I just think it's a, just an ongoing conversation. Yeah, that's that's one to watch no matter what, because everyone's going to talk about Zach Damar. Probably, I'm guessing Vucho will come up just because, again, that's a team-friendly contract. Yeah. So if you really – you really want to tear this thing down too late i guess you could but you've got a the the decision on patrick williams is going to be interesting do you match an offer do you it depends on what you see but again if he's not healthy i don't know how you can justify right keeping him because that's been the biggest issue with him i don't care that the put the development stuff aside with the offense maybe you've seen flashes the defense has been fine he's gotten hurt every year right that worries me too because the best kind of ability is availability yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you definitely want to be available. If you're not available, you can't help the team. <laughs> right. And that's that's why the Zach deal with the with the injury this year, like that just could not have come at a at a worse time. Like yeah, two yeah. years into this thing. And yeah. you had you had the knee last year, you got the foot this year. Like it's the the injuries are mounting. I, I don't know how to there's nothing you can do when that happens, but it yeah. I, I wish that would have played a role in yeah, we're obviously we're not going to be better with Zach Levine out for the year. So why not pick up some wins in the long term? But again, you can't get better at the trade deadline apparently. So yeah, you can't you just got to be competitive and stay consistent and, you know, continuity, <laughs> something, something like that. Just, you get, just keep hitting all the buzzwords, I guess right. is the best way to talk about it. Like it, all the C words. Yeah. <laughs> yep, all, all the buzzwords are there and it's, it's fun being a yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a blast, but I cannot believe, like speaking, when I went through and saw one of the last games, we got two months left in the regular season and the yeah. all-star games coming up next week. Before that, the Bulls play at Atlanta Monday night. This podcast drops on Tuesday. You will obviously know the result of that game before you listen to us. And they play at Cleveland on Wednesday on ESPN national TV. That's how, you know how much I love when they're on national TV. That's they got to play good. They're playing on TV. <laughs> I'm going to be listening to Adam and Stacy. Like, yeah. I, I will not watch them on national TV. Just, <laughs> I, I hate when they do it, especially against the Cavs, because the Cavs are red hot. Like that is a, yeah, I think they, they've lost what two games in their last thirty or something like that. I saw a stat. Yeah, like, they are. That's the hottest team in the league by far. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, and that's the last game before the break. And I, like, <laughs> when I say this team needs the All Star break. <laughs> it needs the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, they like, definitely need to rest and recover and just rejuvenate and just reset. Uh, nobody's going to Indy because Kobe didn't get in the three-point contest, which I got nothing there. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you were one of the first to say he should have gone, and I don't know. I I don't know why he's not, but yeah. he's not. And I, it's going to be nice to have everybody resting and not playing in a game. But yeah, yeah for sure. 
So I we'll we'll talk about what the record should be after the All Star game because apparently that's the barometer for this team is the fifteen and eight after the All Star break something like that that'd be a game better than last year that's improvement but I the jokes aren't stopping with this oh yeah that that record is definitely going to be compared to uh, since he said that in the press conference so I know it's going to be some people are going to point to you know uh, for the rest of the season just looking at that record. Let me tell you something. If you if you think I'm being a smartass about it, you should see some of the guys on the beat. Like you should some of the guys on the beat and some of the columnists around the city. I am a rank yeah. amateur. All right. Like I, I'm just a guy who I'm just a fan. I'm not in that room every day. And I, right. yeah, the the guys on the beat. Like I mean, I, Cowley's the first one that comes to mind. He's got his jokes with it. John Greenberg at the Athletic is hilarious when it comes to yeah. this stuff. Like uh, I see Will Gottlieb at CHGO is getting in on the fun. Like it's they become a punchline on their right. own beat and that's where things are and it's great because there's no yeah. distractions in town um, if, unless you want to talk about the bears and the number one pick which seems to be the only distraction at this point because the cubs yeah. haven't re-signed cody bellinger yet which right. by the way pitchers and catchers this week which means we're getting to a, my favorite time of year here in march we got nba spring training the masters coming up march madness this is going to be a fun but m- month and a half I'd yeah a lot, of, a lot of sports a lot of activity it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and with the the, the the big games in the past too, the Super Bowl. So it's like now it's on to on to baseball. You got basketball in full swing, and obviously with football, you got the combine coming up and the draft. So football's a year-round conversation. I think the NBA is getting to that point too, and that's why we talk about the offseason so early when this team's so bad. So right. but we will see what happens the rest of the way. Gonna tie a bow on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BLEAV, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at BetOnline. And buy our shirt as well. Jordan Tippin, 98, the last dance, shop.believe.com. CJ, competitiveness and continuity. That's the way we're going about things the rest of the year, right? That should be the key words for 2024. It's a motto. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be my motto, but uh, whatever whatever floats your boat. You know? if, you're, if you're Arturis or Mark Eversley, if, if your boat's floating, you do you. All right. We're, we're going we're gonna to sit here and make our jokes because that's what we do twice a week. Uh, We will see everybody back here on Friday, uh, last show before the All-Star break. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.